Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Podcast on Infinite Earths. My name is Owen. And mine's Ethan. Oh, we're going to start today with some good old nerd news. Hit it off, Owen. So, the first Infinity War trailer was released. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Oh, no, really? Yeah, it's one of the 72 million viewers of that of the trailer. That's pretty crazy. It's actually become now the most viewed trailer in 24 hours ever. Actually, I think it might be the most viewed trailer of all time, if I'm not entirely wrong. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they've been building up for this movie for like 10 years now. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. That's an exaggeration, but whatever. Um, so what stood out to you? To me? Yeah. Uh, biggest thing for me was probably uh, seeing Captain America with a beard. I know it kind of sounds weird, but after seeing him as like the clean-shaven good guy for mm-hmm. the past like 10 years, it's like, oh, like, whoa, scruffy Captain America, guys. Yeah, I get that. Um, well, just something that I saw. I love that new Spider-Man suit. Oh yeah, that that's a pretty great suit. It's like a perfect combination between the twenty fifteen like Amazing Spider-Man and the Superior one. Yeah. Uh, and you know me better than anyone, and I love Superior Spider-Man. I think everything about that suit and that run on that comic was pretty great, except for maybe like the ending and some of the middle parts. But well, I mean, it's just a good concept. But to work in a great way, yeah. Yeah, then, hey, the costume works. The costume works. Mm-hmm. So, also in the trailer, um, Loki, he's in it. Yes. Uh, right after Ragnarok and everything. But he's handing the Cosmic Cube to somebody. Now, the Cosmic Cube was last in Odin's vault. He obviously took it. Um, but what do you think on that? Uh, I'm pretty sure that what's going to happen is Thanos, as we saw at the end of uh, Ragnarok. Spoiler mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, but chances are if you're listening to our podcast, you've seen it. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that he took it from the vault, and I'm pretty sure it's going to lead right into it in the first scene of the movie, possibly. Yeah. And hey, it's going to be a pretty great segue. Well, I think in that scene, too, he's likely handing the Cosmic Cube to somebody, presumably Thanos. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so could this lead to the death of Loki? Uh, you know, I don't want to believe so, but I'm pretty sure it probably will be. I mean, I don't want to believe it either, because Tom Hiddleston, he's amazing as Loki. Oh, yeah. But if Loki is handing over the Cosmic Cube to Thanos... Thanos has no need for Loki. He'll obviously just kill this man. And it's, like, been the one thing Loki's been after since the beginning of the MCU. Like, every chance Mm -hmm. he gets, he's going for it. Finally found some good in him, but he still wanted it, so... I'm just realizing they have a very weird transition in that. In the Avengers, that's his only goal. He really wants to rule Earth. He really wants the Cosmic Cube. But then, in every other movie, he's totally cool with anything. He doesn't really want the Cosmic Cube. He doesn't want to rule anywhere. He's just chill about yeah. everything. That's it's it's kind of strange. He went from a cool villain to just Loki. Yeah, and I kind of like that transition. Yeah, I'm fine with it. He was great in Ragnarok. Yeah, and of all the characters in the Avengers, I know it's kind of an unpopular opinion because he is such a great actor and such mm-hmm. renowned in so many ways. But I kind of felt like his treatment in uh, Avengers was actually kind of crappy. He didn't get any character development; just treated as a straight up bad guy. Yeah, which. Yeah, well, I mean, Marvel, it worked Marvel really does have a problem with villains. They underdevelop villains a lot. Every origin movie has a stereotypical villain that starts off as some businessman or something, gets a superpower, and then is ultimately defeated by the hero. Like, watch Ant-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, any origin movie in the Marvel Universe. And that's the case. There's yeah. no diversity in villains. They're really all just the same. Yes. And so that was kind of the problem with Loki in the Avengers. He had that same thing going. But then when they really developed him more in these movies, especially Ragnarok, he became a great character because he was less of a villain. Yeah. And I really actually like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, Loki is probably one of the best villains in the MCU just because he's so much less of a villain than the other villains. Which says something, because straight up evil-wise, he's... A lot better than all the other villains. Well, just on the topic of other villains, Red Skull was incredible. Oh, yeah. And I'm really hoping he comes back in full swing in the MCU. I mean, he never actually got a definitive death in the first adventure, as we all know. And especially if they're bringing back the Cosmic Cube in Infinity War, it's very possible that he could return, even if just for a cameo. Yeah, it's a known interstellar and interdimensional portal. It's possible that he might have even ended up on a place such as Sakaar, as we saw in Ragnarok, where time exists in a different way. 
It's weird. Do you think they, like, filmed Captain America knowing that the Cosmic Cube would become an Infinity Stone? Because in the comics, it's not. It's a different entity yeah. altogether. I, I bet if you asked Kevin um, Feige, he'd probably say, oh, yeah, we pulled it from the beginning. Yeah. I doubt I, they actually did, but I don't know. it would be a cool thought if they actually were. I mean, I think it works as an Infinity Stone. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. a good thing, but... I don't know. I, I really don't see the point. I think they could have just used it as an Infinity Stone from the beginning, but yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. So, other things in the Infinity War trailer, that Hulkbuster suit. Yes. Now, I've talked to you about this before. Oh, yes, you have. On I don't believe that is Tony Stark in that suit. I think that is the Hulk in an Iron Man suit. Yeah, uh, something about a Lego set? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... On this Russian Lego site, Lego as in the building construction toy, they released descriptions for like yes, everyone's childhood really. <laughs> they released descriptions of sets for Infinity War yeah. a bit preemptively, like before the trailer was even released. And one of these described um, Hulk as a character in one of these sets in an Iron Man suit. It didn't necessarily say Hulk; it said Bruce Banner in a Hulkbuster suit. Mm-hmm. So my belief is that that is actually Bruce Banner or the Hulk in a Tony Stark build suit. Which would make plenty of sense because we saw that Iron Man gauntlet in the trailer and that thing was way too big to be fitting for normal arm. And we know that from the normal Hulkbuster suit that all the pieces were actually uh, interconnected, just basically robot suit. Mm -hmm. And it was more mech than it was really, uh, you know, suit of armor. So, uh, if that one we can see hollow points in the arms, we know that someone with very large arms is going to be having to wear that thing. Yes. Well, this also begs the question, is the Hulk depowered in Infinity War? Because you see that scene in the trailer of him just lying in this pile of rubble as Bruce Banner. But later on in the trailer, you do see him as the Hulk, but there's really not much in between. You don't really know how that transitions into the Hulkbuster suit scene, so... Could he lose his powers and have to wear this suit? Uh, I think that's a very real possibility. But another one we have to consider is the fact that in Ragnarok, they really uh, tease in the fact that Bruce Banner and the Hulk are not by any means the same guy anymore. And that's yeah. how it is in the comics. Once, once the Hulk persona was used to take over before Bruce Banner died, mm-hmm. uh, he would be full-on Hulk. It would in, in some writers, he became more intelligent sometimes. He was just a total, utter buffoon. Uh, but I think one way it might actually go now in Infinity War, and actually kind of what I'm hoping for, is that if they separate the persona a little more and make Hulk an actual viable member of the Avengers, not a guy who mm-hmm. mindlessly smashes, which would be a very large difference from anything we've seen so far. Because yes. even in Ragnarok, where you could make out legible sentences, and he was a cool, bro-y kind of Hulk, he was still more, ooh, cool, smash things. Yeah. Do you think they'd ever go Grey Hulk, though? Because yeah. Grey Hulk is a very different character from the modern Hulk. And he is, in a sense, a more intelligent Hulk. He's more aware. He's a better representation of Bruce Banner as the Hulk. Is that what they're going towards, though? Uh, it would be cool if they did, but I don't think they're ever going to go quite that far. Because I think kids still like seeing a little bit of the, ooh, brute smashy. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing to remember, that this is a movie not just for comic fans. This is for everyone, so... It's made for the family, which is why we haven't quite seen anything too edgy yet. No Illuminati movies. Sadly. Well, that might just be because they're a bit rough on the Inhumans, considering their show is just a mess. And they technically still don't own... The Fantastic Four characters. No, we're do they own Namor? Uh, they do not. That's actually currently owned by Universal Studios. Uh, it's a little bit more shady in that area because it could possibly be Marvel, but it also is yeah. very likely Universal. Uh, the last time anybody really checked, it lied in Universal, and that was since the 90s. I don't course. know if Universal would have a huge problem giving up Namor, though. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> would have a problem giving up Namor. Marvel's Aquaman. All right, actually, so, technically, Aquaman is DC's well, Namor. He is, actually. Namor was ahead of his time, Yeah, that sounds. 1930s, he came before Captain America, really. Yeah. Well, he debuted in a Captain America comic, didn't he? No, he came out, I think, right before. 
Uh, I think it was 1938, Captain America was 1939. I'll fact check that. Okay. You want to go on to the next point? Um, so next bit of nerd news. Anyone who reads DC Comics currently knows about Rebirth. It's their big storyline going on, and we're going to talk about this a lot later on in the episode, both the Button storyline and Doomsday Clock. So when you buy these DC Comics, you always see this blue banner on the top. It says Rebirth. It shows the page. It shows the comic number and everything. Everybody knows it. At first, when this started out, I really didn't like it. I thought the banner was big. It was obnoxious. It kind of took up space. At this point, I don't really notice it, but it's still very present. But it's just been announced that they may be removing this banner soon and just replacing it with a small square, similar to how Marvel or Image does it. Thoughts on that? What? Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking stuff up. What was that again? Oh, the the rebirth, rebirth banner, banner stuff. Uh, honestly, I did not like the rebirth banner. It's kind of an annoying thing. Like sometimes the covers that they've had for rebirth so far are so beautiful, and you know how I was reading the Hellblazer comics when they first started before oh, they yeah. changed artists, and I got that whole thing mm-hmm. of being pissed about that. Uh, um, well. Honestly, some of the covers were so cool and like sort of ones that like I'd even show off and hang up, but like the rebirth banner just kind of this big ugly thing that was sort of so like eh, no. Yeah. It really is. And it makes it hard to fit with other comics too. Because if you look at any other comic company or anything, even just previous DC comics like New Fifty Two, it doesn't match. Like no other comic has had like this big banner. And they might have done this on purpose. They might just want to set their comic apart from everybody else. And if so, it works, but I don't know that it's to their advantage. Yeah, it's it's dated at this point. Rebirth is two it years is. old this year, and realistically, I mean, they're unraveling the Rebirth mystery now. I bet they're not going to stop until Doomsday Clock is at least three or four issues in. But, I mean, they don't have it on Dark Knight's Metal. They don't have it on select other DC comics. I believe those exist out of continuity, though, mm-hmm. so it's... A cool it's thing. mainly just miniseries, though. They don't put those on. Also, on the Namor fact check, Namor debuted in 1931, uh, 1939, I'm sorry, and Captain America debuted in 1941. Uh, okay. In fact, Namor was the first ever Marvel superhero. What comic did he appear in? Marvel Comics is number one. Okay. Yep, Marvel Comics number one. Captain America debuted in Captain America Comics number one. Okay. Notably, way before... American entry World War II, and he was seen punching Hitler and other Nazis long before anything happened with Pearl Harbor. Nice. Yeah. He was the uh, first true form of comic book propaganda. First true hipster. Yep. Portlandia. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, any other news? Um, it's been kind of dull this week. Did you see the new picture of Dick Grayson from the Titans show? I saw it very briefly. I saw it's a lot edgier than what we saw last time he was live action. Uh, (laughs) What company is this going to? This isn't going to CW, Uh, is it? It is not going to CW. Uh, I'm not exactly positive. Because I was going to say, that costume doesn't necessarily look CW-ish. CW, I feel, has a problem with leather. If you look at any of their superhero costumes on that show, they're all like this weird... Colored pleather, it's yeah, it's speaking a mess. of that, what do you think of the new Flash suit? The new Flash suit from the Flash TV series? Yes. I like it. It's a bit more comic accurate than the original one. It's not bad. I'm not a huge fan of that costume. I definitely prefer the Justice League one, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, t- Ethan's struggling to look up this Titans name. Yeah, I'm just currently trying to find out what channel it's on. Uh, oh, it will not be on TV, apparently. It's it's going through TNT is what I knew. Uh, okay. Okay, this is old data, though. So, yeah, I believe it's still going to be on TNT. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's going to be streaming online instead or anything. Uh, I know. I hear it's going to be really good, though. I don't remember who it was, but I think they casted Beast Boy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I... So the, are they going for the original Titans lineup? Uh, well, if they have Robin, of course they aren't. 
That's true. If anything, they're going for uh, George Perez and uh, Marv Wolfman's uh, new Teen Titans. Yeah. Do you think they'll transition from Robin to Nightwing quickly? Uh, or at all? I think they will, because the show is not being called Teen Titans. It's notably being called mm-hmm. Titans. And they're casting people who are over the age of 17 to many of the roles. That might be because TV often cast people who are older because of their acting ability. But also because I think it's going to age him up. I think Robin might be starting off as Robin for maybe the first season at most. Mm-hmm. Did you know if they're going with a Wally West for this show? I actually have not heard. Okay. Because that would fall more in line with the new lineup and everything. Yeah. I don't think they're going to follow Rebirth in any way, shape, and or form too confusing. Yeah. But it would be cool if they did. Yeah, I've read a few of the Rebirth Titans comics, and they're... I've read the first issue. Yeah, they're fairly good. I haven't gone too in-depth with the continuity and everything, but... Yeah, it, it really helps with the Rebirth mystery. So, do you have any other news then? No, nothing really. Alright, sounds good. Uh, in that case, we'll transition into our next segment. Okay. Smooth transition, good. right? Yep. Great. Um, so we're doing a quick movie review. We're going to try to keep these movie reviews short. Um, I've heard a lot of other podcasts where these reviews tend to last quite a while, but we want to keep it brief. And on this podcast, we're going to try to keep everything to a five-point rating system. I feel like ten points is just a bit overboard. Yep. Like, what's the difference between a six and a seven on a ten-point scale? Um, I feel like a six is solid. I enjoyed it. Sort of. And a 7 is, I enjoy it slightly more than sort of. Okay. Well, we're doing it 1 through 5. On so. a 1 through 10 scale, Batman vs. Superman is a solid 2, and Justice League is a solid 7. Okay. Yep. What's that on the 5 scale? On the 5 scale? Uh, I'd have to say Justice League is a solid 3. Uh, overall, I thought that movie was pretty entertaining. Uh, was there some major problems? Yes, uh, Superman's mustache, some major dialogue dialogue issues. You smell nice. Thanks. Like, seriously, what was up with that? Um, yeah, it was a pretty great movie. Uh, Wonder Woman was a little underutilized, but after seeing Wonder Woman, you know, that movie was great. Um, Flash, I thought was great. I liked the way his costume was not, oh, cool, I'm a super genius, and suddenly I have super high-grade stuff. I liked how it was actually made out of something fairly realistic. I mean, the material itself wasn't, but, you know, the way it was made was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Well, good transition into our first review, because that's going to be Justice League. I don't know if we ever said that, but you just went out of it. I sort of did, but... Yeah. yeah. I mean, you went you went into it pretty nicely. So, okay, um, Justice League, though. <sighs> Overall, it was a decent movie. I'd say... Three or four, probably a three. Um, just because the dialogue was rough. Very. It felt very scripted. The characters were flat. They didn't. They they weren't fleshed out as much as they should have been. Except for Cyborg, who I really felt stand out. He was the only believable character in this movie. And while I did yeah. like Aquaman and Flash, like they were really funny, and I love those guys. I loved how burrowy Aquaman was. So I feel like so it's just. I- and then the lasso of truth scene, that added some good comic relief. Oh, I, I know a lot of people are hating on Joss Whedon's involvement in this movie because they think it's what ruined it, but I think it's really what made it. They felt that humor of the movie would have been garbage. Yeah, well, another thing, I feel it did have the perfect balance of humor. Like, sometimes Marvel movies have a bit too much, and DC movies have a bit too little. Dude, sometimes you hate that sweet spot of Ragnarok where it's just all jokes, but nobody cares. Yeah. It's all self-referencing. Yeah. Okay. So what was I talking about? Uh, cyborg cyborg break so cyborg i felt though worked well like he felt believable i don't know if it was the actor's part or just his writing but it was great and like flash and everything flash was awesome he worked well with cyborg he was good i felt i liked this flash more than a tv show flash i actually did too not necessarily not a popular opinion actually yeah a lot of people are actually a lot of people are actually uh, like lack of better terms salty at ezra miller's portrayal they uh, felt it was a little too forced. I actually, okay. uh, I don't know about you, but I actually like the referencing better. Uh, I feel like in the TV show, it's all a little too family-friendly at times. Yeah. Like, I understand that it's a normal network television show, 
and it's technically made for kids. It's actually gotten quite a bit darker in the past season. Yes, I actually am aware of that. Yeah, it's like they killed off half the characters and they bring it back, and now they're actually emotionally scarred. Yeah. It's more fun to watch, but it's not really... I don't know, it doesn't feel as much like The Flash. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, while I feel that the actor... I don't know his name. In the show is... Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin, okay. I feel he's better actor than Ezra Miller mm. but I did overall like Ezra Miller's portrayal better yeah Ezra Miller he really portrayed the whole I'm a young guy mm-hmm. who somehow got superpowers I mean and I am biased because I love that costume I really liked the Injustice Flash costume and this was exactly that mm-hmm. so it was great and as I've said I don't like the leathery look of all the CW costumes I love the idea of the fact that it was made from the same stuff as rockets to keep them from burning up. Yeah, yeah that was that, cool. was that was a cool idea. And he was watching Rick and Morty. So that's yes, funny. I love that so much. <laughs> I was watching that movie in the theater with my girlfriend, and I seriously kept on pointing to her. Like, I feel bad for the people sitting behind us, next to us, mm-hmm. actually in the theater with us in general. Because every five minutes, it's pointing and just going, oh, Rick and Morty, or pointing and going, oh, did you see that obscure reference that they made that was in Detective Comics number 462? Oh, my God. And she'd be like, dude, shut up. Shut up, please. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, go into the next movie. Now we have digressed for the past uh, 21 minutes and 29 seconds. Okay. Great. Well, we've gotten through two segments. Not even. It's like one and a half. We're doing so great. We plan on this being a 30-minute podcast when we started The out. first episode will probably be 45. The second episode will be 30. If you'd like to get to the uh, fun part, just fast forward to like 40 minutes, I'm guessing. I'm not really sure. And I'm sorry. This episode is kind of rough. I promise we're going to get better at this, hopefully. This is We're still figuring things out as we go, guys. Yeah, there are stacks of comics everywhere. We're... We're not, we're not great at this yet. Yeah, I drink fizzy soda. I'm holding back the burps. And while we're at it, we are going to start up a Patreon account. We really need donations and stuff. I don't want to sound desperate, but yep. whatever. We are high school students who are always broke. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, We're going to get some new microphones and stuff, though. We really need to up our sound quality. Yep. Uh, sorry for the echoiness on here. That's actually my fault. Uh, okay, but let's go on to the next segment now. Uh. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, we're jumping back a little bit. Um, we're starting up this podcast after quite a bit after Ragnarok came out. So we're going to go back to that. Okay, well, let's just do this one really fast. Okay. Awesome movie, great humor. Taika Waititi, that's how you pronounce his name, Taika right? Taika Waititi. Yep. Amazing director, did a great job, brought humor to Thor. I loved the fact that they basically self-deprecated for the la- mm-hmm. about the last two Thor movies and all the Avengers movies so far every other thing that Thor has been in because I feel really bad about saying this but Chris Hemsworth you were a emotionless potato for the past like four movies he really was yeah Yeah. you haven't done anything so what's your rating I'm giving it a five star man nice well I'd have to say the same that's an awesome movie I cared so little about Thor before this came out yeah and Hulk like honestly I loved the Edward Norton movie and yeah I was uh, a little sad to see him go, but Mark Ruffalo is way better at the role. Edward Norton is a little too dramatic for mm-hmm. a role for kids' movies. Uh, but they finally made Thor cool. Yeah. And Hulk. I don't know how they made Hulk cool. He's never been a cool character. Ever yeah. since I was younger, I had this one friend who was kind of really dorky, and he was really into the Grindable Hulk. And every single time I ever thought of Hulk since then, I've always just thought of this really dorky little kid. And I think his name is Gary. And, uh, oh, Dude, this Hulk made me like totally forget about that for a little while. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think of this dorky little kid anymore. Well, I think the improvement on these characters is entirely thanks to Taika Waititi. I mean, oh, he's an amazing director. If you've seen any of his movies, and specifically acting. What We Do in the Shadows, oh, yeah. it's amazing. And his acting is incredible, too. He acts in all of his movies. He's awesome. He is hilarious. Honestly, I think his character Korg added like a serious amount to that movie. Like you think about it, you like, really do think yeah. about the best parts of the movie. That's not exactly the first thing you think of, or the fire demon that he played. Mm-hmm. But like, can you imagine the movie without him? No. no. Well, I'm gonna get a bit sidetracked here. One of his other movies, What We Do in the Shadows, it's a mockumentary about vampires in New Zealand. It's incredible. I would highly suggest that everybody watch this. But 
he is the main character in this movie, and you really get to see his acting range and everything. He directs this and acts in it incredible. It is streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, oh, yeah. Watch it, seriously. Definitely. It's great. Uh, and once you watch that one, fall down the rabbit hole that is uh, current entertainment events, because he has a second one coming out soon called We're Wolves. A play mm-hmm. on wolves and words to make it sound like werewolves. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and there were a few shots in Ragnarok that I felt were very reminiscent of his directing style. Especially the one... Have you seen that, like... It, it was in a trailer, the Revengers clip, where it's Valkyrie, uh, Bruce Banner, and Thor mm-hmm. talking in that hallway. But the way it's shot, I really love it. Like, they do these close-ups of their faces, and it's very strange, because in Marvel movies, they tend to show at least the shoulders of a character. Yeah. But in this scene, they definitely change that. Especially when you watch this, it's very obvious. And some people not, might not like this. They might like the more classic style that Marvel tends to stick to. But I thought this was really cool. I really felt that this was what Watiti was going for. And I loved it. Yeah. Okay. So, Ragnarok, great movie all around. Yeah. Six out of five stars. Six out of five. <laughs> is that, okay. Is that allowed? <laughs> um... Yeah, no. We're going to okay. set a precedent right now. So. Okay, okay uh, now I'm going to do a five-second review. Okay, that's an exaggeration. I'm going to probably do like a one-minute review of okay. two TV shows I've been watching lately. I have not watched either of these TV shows. Okay, he'll add comments in the background as I talk. Got it. Get ready for his snark. Okay, Runaways is an awesome show. Watch it, please. It's or just a- run away. <laughs> That was not funny. That didn't deserve laughter of any kind. If you laughed, you should be ashamed. I'm ashamed. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, so The Runaways, great show. Watch it. You're doing a great job adapting the comic character. Is this adapted from Joss Whedon's comic? I'm not really sure. Honestly, gonna be honest here, I knew nothing about The Runaways. I was literally watching that show, and there's this little part where there's like a dinosaur, and I'm like, oh, I know one thing about Runaways is that there's a dinosaur mm-hmm. on the team, and that's a dinosaur if I've ever seen one. I heard about this comic a few years ago yeah. before they announced the show. I considered reading it. I did a lot of times and just never got it. I could not. I, I couldn't get into it. I don't know. I like teen-based comics, I guess. Like, especially the young animal stuff. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. It's not for me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm giving that one a 4 out of 5 stars so far from what I've seen. show hasn't finished its first season yet. In fact, I think it's on like it's fifth episode comes out on tuesdays on hulu watch it if you want it's not like a go out of your way have to do it like ragnarok is but like dude seriously you guys like it uh next show i'm reviewing really fast is the orville no i have seen a few episodes of this okay now this show started off as uh seth MacFarlane, basically just making fun of star trek but also at the same time writing a love letter to the show uh it was Pretty good for the first couple episodes. Kind of awkward, but it's just gotten into, I think it's the 10th episode now. And holy poop, dude, it's pretty amazing. Uh, well, here, here's the thing with this show. It's not a comedy if you take out Seth MacFarlane. If you took out Seth MacFarlane, it would just be Star Trek. Yeah, and the best part about it is the comedy scenes, it's not like every single time they say something, there's going to be a quip. No, the show is like a hardcore sci-fi show that once in a while has a gag like for maybe like a scene it's not going to carry it through the entire thing it's not like watching family guy in space no it's like watching star trek but with modern day references Mm -hmm. personally i don't like seth MacFarlane's humor style i guess usually i don't either but dude this was i don't know this is i'd have to watch more of the recent episodes uh i'm I'm not gonna watch any of the recent episodes yeah, dude, best episode though. Uh, they uh, do a whole Black Mirror thing, and I love Black okay. Mirror, except for the first episode of Black Mirror. Don't watch the first episode of Black Mirror unless you want to be disturbed. If you do, please watch it. I've been planning on watching Black Mirror, but just knowing about that episode is why I haven't. Yeah, there, there's things that have to do with pigs. Ugh. Yeah, and things that do pigs. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Now, on that note, uh, Owen's gonna talk about an indie movie. Okay, so 
on every episode, we're going to try to do an indie movie review. I may s- I'm may, mostly going to take the lead on that, although Ethan might do it once oh, in a while. Oh, has got all this one. I've never seen it. Okay. So, the indie movie for this episode is A Ghost Story. Now, for anyone that hasn't seen this, it stars Casey Affleck and Rooney, and Rooney Mara. Sorry. Uh, and it's an excellent movie. It's about... I'm just... I'm going to try not to go into spoilers because I really think everybody should watch this for themselves. But it's basically about a man and his wife, and they're just kind of, like, living their lives. And then one day this man dies, but he comes back as a ghost. Now, the thing about this movie that's very noticeable right from the beginning is that he's not, like, a normal movie ghost. He's literally just a bedsheet-clad man with two little eye holes cut out. And... Throughout the whole movie, he says nothing. Like, he does say some stuff before he becomes a ghost, but it's very limited dialogue, and I think that's really a strength of the movie. And now, there is one very difficult scene in this, and I've described this many times with both love and hatred, but shortly after this woman's husband dies... She comes home to her house, and her neighbor, or just one of her friends, has left a pie at her house. And so she notices this, and she just takes a knife and a fork, and she cuts out, like, a slice of this pie, and she starts eating it, right? And then she keeps eating it, and she just keeps eating this pie for five minutes, just an uninterrupted five-minute-long pie-eating scene. It is sickening. She eats an entire pie, just continuously on screen, for five minutes. But let me tell you, when you're sitting in a dark theater watching a woman eat an entire pie, it feels like an hour. It was excruciating to watch. But I would highly suggest this movie. Yeah. Seems contradictory, but it is an excellent movie. Um, that, That scene is rough, though. I have an indie flick to pop up. Uh, it's actually a short okay. film. Uh, Owen's seen it, I know. Uh, it's called The Birthday Party. Ooh, St. Vincent. Yeah, by Annie Clark. Uh, I don't know if you guys can be able to see, we'll look this one up and watch no, it. No, um, it actually is featured in a movie. I believe it it's called like XX or something? Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, it's an excellent short film. It, like, it really crazy is. Crazy weird. It's about a birthday party and the dad dies and there's a creepy nanny. Uh, it's a birthday party where literally everything goes wrong. Yeah. Oh, but if it's... you do watch this, watch out for the kids' Halloween costumes. <laughs> or not, not, it's not Halloween. It's just costumes, I guess. Just but at a costume, right? dude, watch but... all of them. They're, they're hilarious. It's One literally like a character. Dude, watching the short films, like listening to a Saint Vincent album. It's zany. It's weird. It's insanely dark. It's kind of depressing, but it's also really funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, on that note, talking um, about Saint Vincent, now we're going into indie music. Except we're not talking about Saint Vincent. Uh, today I'm going to talk about a song that I actually heard on the radio this morning. Uh, 88.9 Milwaukee, uh, great station. They have an app. You should download it. By the way, we're from Milwaukee. Oh so. yeah, uh, we talk about Milwaukee sometimes. Maybe yes. sandwiches from Milwaukee. I don't know. Yeah, we like sandwiches. We do. Well, uh, sandwiches are the ideal meal form. Oh, yeah. No, like, everybody knows that. One of our uh, names we suggested for this podcast was Batman and Baloney, uh, but we decided for copyright reasons it probably wasn't great to have Batman in our name. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a song now. I digress. Uh, this song is called Jazz by Paper Holland off his album Fast Food. Uh came out in 2016. It's a pretty great song. It's kind of hard to explain. It's like... Somewhere between, uh, I don't know, maybe like Arcade Fire and, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm kind of hard to uh, describe. It's kind of, it's called jazz, but it is by no means jazz. It was like just a really good indie song. It's uh, cheerful with touches of sadness with great minor um, to major chord progression going on. Solid beat. Honestly, just a really good song. Uh, not much more to really say about that. I'm actually listening to it right now as I talk. Uh, awesome. Yeah, just came across the saxophone solo. It's pretty good. Actually, that's pretty jazz. jazzy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
Okay, yes, it is a little jazzy for a song called Jazz. Okay. Yeah. So, next segment. Each week, or I don't know. How often do you think we're going to do this podcast? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we're going to try to do it at least once a month, maybe bi-weekly. I'm not sure. We'll figure that out. But for each episode, we're going to review a few comics that we've been reading, give you our suggestions for comics to read, just anything that we've been reading recently. And so with that, we're going to talk about a few DC series. We're both more into DC. Yeah, we read I, I, a I lot read, of DC. I read a little bit of Marvel, but uh, you guys don't want to hear about modern Deadpool comics. They're awful. No. Yeah, well, don't read them. Please. Here's the thing. Marvel is amazing when it comes to movies and entertainment, but their comics just don't even stand up next to DC. Yeah. half the Sometimes they have really good comics. Like, this is a weird one, but... Unbe- Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is an amazing comic. My sister reads it, and I, I just kind of wanted her to get into comics because she had a driver's license and I didn't at the time, and she could take me to comic stores if she was into a comic. And, dude, that that Squirrel Girl comic, like, I thought it was more of, like, a funny thing because she really likes squirrels. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like, she's on a college campus now where she literally is telling me about the squirrels today. And... She's pretty cool and kind of weird. Oh, FYI, um, anyone that's listening to this podcast for the movie reviews might want to consider just switching gears at this point. We're going to go pretty in-depth with comics, so yeah. if you're not a big comic fan or you don't want to hear about these comics, this this might be rough. Yep. Okay, yeah, so Squirrel Girl, good comic, read it. I accidentally stumbled across an issue one day when I had nothing left to read. It was amazing. Okay. All right. That was good. So the first series, this is a big one that's been going on in DC right now. Not the biggest. We're going to get up to that in just a few minutes. But it is Dark Knight's Metal. It's a series written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Greg Capullo. Favorite creative team. Yeah. Classic New 52 Batman. Their run is incredible. Read issue 51 of Batman and issue 50 if you have Just read every issue of their Batman run. Seriously, the Batman run is... Court of Owls was one of the best series. I really love their portrayal of the Joker. Endgame and Death in the Family. Death of the Family, sorry. Death in the Family. Do read Death in the Family, though. Yeah, it's good. So, Dark Knight's Metal. It's basically, I'm going to give kind of a brief description because this is a very intense comic. So it's basically the Justice League fighting alternate Dark Universe versions of Batman. Who took all the Justice League's powers? Yes, it's incredible. Um, there are some spin-off comics. If I were to suggest one, I would definitely say Dawnbreaker. They're basically modern Elseworlds, but of Batman. Yeah, uh... Honestly, there's no bad parts to these comics so far. Are they a little slow getting off to things? Yes. I'm sorry if anybody here is offended by this, but Hawkman is a boring-ass character and nobody should ever read his comics. Uh, So the first parts of the comics are all Hawkman stuff. Mm -hmm. and It's a really big thing for the story... And they can't really skip it. Well, here's the thing. This com- you might think that this comic gets off to a slow start, but look at Rebirth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read if you read the first page, you'll think, "Oh crap, Hawkman." Uh, then he gets the second page, and it's the Justice League having to fight stuff. Mongol. Yeah, yeah. They're in Mo- El Reno of Mongol, and. I don't want to spoil anything, but this isn't really a spoiler because it's, it's in the first few panels. It, it's so a it's... Greg Capallo comic. Uh, basically, the Justice League makes a giant uh, mech. Basically, uh, it's on like the third page of the comic. It's a uh, huge what, spoiler. What shows do you watch all the time? Uh, what show? Oh yeah, they form like a giant Voltron robot and oh. fight a giant monster. Okay, another thing to suggest: the TV show Voltron. It's a Netflix series. They're teaming up with DreamWorks. It is incredible. I'm on the third season. It is one of the best shows that I've watched. I watch it with my brother all the time. Watch it. I've been telling you to watch this forever. Yep. Do it. It's like... Okay, anyone who likes Power Rangers, your show sucks compared to this. I'm sorry, but Power Rangers is boring. Every episode is the same. There's no character development. No. From what I get, it's like Power Rangers mixed with uh, Masters of the Universe. It's Power Rangers in space, and it's awesome. Like... The first few seasons are very good, but the first few seasons are just introducing characters and kind of fighting a main villain. But the third season, 
it's very vague on who the villain is, and they really start developing all these characters. They kill off one of the main ones. They don't really kill him off, but they kind of get rid okay. of him for a time. Oh, man, spoilers, but man. It's not a spoiler. I'm not even telling you who it is. I know. But it's amazing. When you get to the third season, like, if you're having a hard time getting through the second season, it's fine. It gets a bit slow about halfway through second season. Stick with it, though. The third season is by far my favorite. So, back to Metal. Um, there's not much to say. I don't want to spoil this because it's such a good series. But if you haven't read it yet, just read it, please. Like, it yes. is so good. You're missing out. Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't read Snyder and Capallo's run on Batman, you might be a little confused about some small details. It is very self-referential to yeah. that run. As they said earlier this summer when they were thinking about releasing this comic, well, they had already planned on releasing this comic, when they were talking mm -hmm. about releasing this comic, uh, they said that essentially what they were thinking was it was going to be a big continuation of their thing. Because issue 50 of Batman, New 52 run, was uh, supposed to be the love letter to uh, their action. They'd done in issue 51, the love letter to the character of Batman. And that was supposed to be the last thing they ever did together. And it was actually, like, almost made me cry because I love them so much together as authors and, of course, writer and artists. But honestly, Capallo did as much of the writing through his art as Snyder did through his pencil. Also, if you were a fan of that series, Snyder and Capullo's series on Batman, I would definitely give All-Star Batman a read. They just wrapped up this series. It was a 14-issue series, I believe. Yeah. But it was extremely good. I would all well, the series overall was pretty good, but if you don't really want to read all of it, you don't have to. Just read the first story arc. It's called My Own Worst Enemy. It's basically a Batman and Two-Face road trip, and it's amazing. It's illustrated by John Romita Jr., who I have heard a lot of people say that they don't like his illustration style, and I get it. It's very strange. Character proportions are a lot of the time off. It's a lot like Frank oh, Miller. Character proportions can't be that bad in comparison to Cave Carson. Sometimes oh. their eyes are bigger than their whole head. Yeah. Well, if you give it a chance, it's really cool. I love John Romita Jr. now that I've read that series. So, yeah. Uh, let's go on to another comic. Uh, basically, everything by Young Animal is amazing. Uh, oh, definitely. Yep, they. I think they actually might just wrapped up Cave Carson and the Cybernetic Guys. I just mentioned that comic a few minutes ago. Uh, wonderful comic. You guys should totally read it. Uh, honestly, I felt like I was missing a lot because, you know, I'm not that up-to-date on pre-Crisis on Infinite Earths lore, but essentially Cave Carson was the guy from Inside Earth. Uh, Shout out. Inspiration for our podcast name. Oh yeah, Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earths. If you didn't know that, this yep, podcast you... is probably not for you. Yep. And if you're still listening, this podcast is probably for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Cave Carson is a cybernetic guy. Wonderful comic. Uh, Doom Patrol by Gerard Way. I'm not fully caught up on Doom Patrol. Oh, Don't spoil the, okay. the previous two issues. I'm not going to spoil anything, but essentially that comic is amazing. It has quite literally a uh trying oh yeah a transvestite sentient ambulance who has a who giant previously a brick yeah who has a giant uh, amusement park inside him that creates living matter through its own thoughts That's and its fun. name is danny and it talks like a uh, british transvestite if you don't know what that means uh I don't know. I don't. I would say look that up, but I don't think any of you guys want that on your search history. So uh, yeah, do that. we'll we'll do you a solid and just say it's pretty. Watch funny. season one of Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch the the um, pimp episode. Yeah. What, what What's it called? Um. Uh, give me a second. It's the one where he drives a taxi yeah. to pay for Tina's birthday party. I'll look it up on the good old. Hulu. Everybody should definitely watch Bob's Burgers, though. Out of I, I'm a big fan of animated shows. I love Futurama. But Bob's Burgers is probably my favorite current animated series. It's really good. They recently just kicked off the season with a guest artist episode where like every scene transition will kind of go into a new artist. And I really liked it. 
Oh, okay. So the episode we were just talking about, about transvestites, uh, is Sheesh, Cab Bob, uh, season one, episode six. It's on Hulu. It's not on anything else because Netflix is kind of trash at keeping their subscriptions. Yeah. Um, I'm so sad when they took that off. And then they took off most of Futurama, too. Dude, they're taking everything off by Fox. Oh, fair warning. Anybody who has Netflix, in case you didn't know that, if you have a Fox show that you're trying to watch and you've been thinking about, eh, maybe I'll stop, I won't watch it, maybe I will, watch it now. It's all going to be gone by the end of December. All right. Well, that's fun. Okay. Okay. Let's go into Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock is the ultimate follow-up to DC's Rebirth. Now, there was the button storyline in between. I'll talk about that in just a bit. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, um, one of my favorite comics of all time is Watchmen. Yes, I know it's cliche, uh, but I didn't like it just because I liked the violence or I liked the way the story was written. No, I actually liked it on the deeper level as well. Like, it. I've read that book like cover to cover like five times, and I call it a book. I don't even call it a comic or a graphic novel because it's so much more than that. And I was a little skeptical when I first heard they were crossing Dr. Manhattan over to uh, be the whole thing for Rebirth. But overall, I was super excited and probably gave it a good squee um, or sound of excitement. Um, Yeah, and Doomsday Clock is finally here. And holy crap, it was such a good follow-up in the first like five or six pages, really. Like, it really was. They came right back to the wasteland that was uh, pre-Alien Invasion Watchmen. Sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone, but if you haven't read Watchmen yet, seriously, you probably should have by now. Um, and if you didn't read Watchmen, you probably don't care about Doomsday Clock anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wonderful comic. It really... It was, like, intense. It brings back the whole nuclear conflict that was happening. The world's falling apart again. And we're being told that Dr. Manhattan left to go to a different universe. Presumably the DC universe. Yep. Earth Earth. 1. Yes. What Earth number would Watchmen be? Is it, like, 53 or something? Because we already know now there's more than 52 universes. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Metal. Yeah, they can't make easy work of anything over in DC, they really can, can they? Well, it's better than Marvel. Yeah, they're like all like, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Guys, you remember how there's all those extra worlds? One. There's only one world. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, okay, so now we have... Yeah, but, but wait, we're not done yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so now we're gonna add something really fun called, uh, uh ooh, Elseworlds. They, we're gonna originally, like, at first we're not gonna tell you what they really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're kind of supposed to know that they don't take place in the mainstream universe. It never will know at some point. We'll put, like, an insignia on it. But really, you don't know. Real quick, if you want to go to Elseworlds, classic Gotham by Gaslight. It's amazing. They're coming out with an animated movie soon. It's really great. Yeah. We're both big Mike Mignola fans. I have a signed Hellboy comic from him. I I keep all my money in a Hellboy fist on my desk. Yep. He's great. So this was like the first Elseworld. So go read that. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then DC was all like, Infinite Crisis, multiple Earths. Mm-hmm. And then they're all like, New 52, there's 52 again. And now they're all like, hey guys, Dark Knight, oh sorry, they were like, Convergence, you know how there's 52? There might be more. Okay, Convergence was a disaster. Yeah. What, what even is Convergence? If anybody here actually knows what Convergence was, Please send us an email at infiniteearthspod at gmail.com. That's right, it's infiniteearthspod at gmail.com. Great plug That's for our own email. Infinite Earths Pod. You don't have no to go, spaces. We'll go over no this at the end score. of the episode. Yeah. Uh we're we, sorry. We also email. we also have a Twitter and everything. We'll we'll get to this in a bit. Yeah, our our email name sucks. Sorry. Rip our email. Yep. So um is that all you want to get into for comics? Oh, wait, actually, before we go on to our next segment, I would like to suggest one more comic. It's the current... Well, I know I've hated on Marvel a lot in this first episode. Oh, wow, really? But, yeah. I do really love what Marvel has been doing with Star Wars right now. And the comic that I'm currently reading is Darth Vader, 
they recently rebooted their Darth Vader series in a way, because originally it was set around the time of the original trilogy, but now they restarted the series in a way, and it's now set immediately after Revenge of the Sith ends. So it starts off with Darth Vader kind of like confronting the Emperor about everything, and it's really good. It's all in canon, just as are all of the new Star Wars comics from Marvel. Oh, also but, it's uh, free reign for the prequel memes subreddit. It really is, yeah. But this comic is amazing. Like, if you love Star Wars, then this is just an incredible comic. The first story arc is with Darth Vader getting his lightsaber, because they explain this that now the new canon for this is that Sith get their lightsaber kyber crystals from Jedi that they've killed, and they have to, like, corrupt these crystals and everything. It's a whole big story arc. It is amazing, though. I would highly suggest this to everyone. Go read this. Okay. It's awesome. Cool. And now we're on to our favorite segment. It's the part where we torture each other by making us have to read a 90s comic that we randomly pulled from our comic box. Okay. Why do we have these in our comic box in the first place? Good question. We're all foolish first-time comic collectors at some point. And we all have infinite X-Men comics from the 90s. Sorry if you enjoyed them. They were trash. Yep. Get over it. So, we have not read this comic. We're just, like, looking at this now. I flipped through it before. It looks rough. Okay. This is this is going to be tough for us. We're going to put on a timer, so we only have, uh... How much time, how much time should we give ourselves? Uh, three minutes to get this through more. this? I don't want to do this for more than five minutes. Okay, so, so three minutes then. Okay. Okay, ready? So this is called The Dark Stars. It's a DC run from 19... What is it, 93? Yep, 1993 from DC. Okay. Um, uh, the cover is Enter Annihilator 171. It has some weird demon with a Fu Manchu mustache fighting a guy with a piano on his chest. Yes. We are not um, making this stuff up. Yeah, no, he has a keyboard on his chest. It's crazy. Yeah. So if you want to look up this cover to see it for yourself, Dark Stars 15 from DC. We are sorry. The cover is almost Mignola-esque, but yet it's still so bad. And I love Mignola artwork. Oh, God. The first... Page. Okay, first giant. panel, it's like a splash page. It is like a Bowser-looking dude with this curly mustache. He's all green. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, the best part of this comic is the Wayne's World 2 ad on the first oh, yeah. page. A good movie. Suggest it. Uh, I have seen that once in my life. It was so long ago. Okay, we're digressing. Dude, we have to get through this whole comic. Okay, oh god, okay. we have a minute and 58 seconds. Okay, first panel. It's a fight scene between this red guy with a keyboard on his chest and this Bowser guy. The red guy with the um, keyboard on his chest, hands are on fire. He is getting severely burnt right now. I feel real bad for him. Oh, and Mustachio Man has, like, this crystal hand for some reason? What's happening here? Okay, so there are these two people, and two of the red guys with keyboards now, are standing in front of a really shiny car. Like, this says, car is so shiny. You can see the reflection completely clearly in this they're, car. They're flying. This one girl has unreasonably red hair. They're at a condo. This is I a really no bad idea why. This is. Right okay. away. Oh, we've now hit a Green Lantern knockoff. It's th This is an ad, just, just so you know. This is not part of the comic. It's called Icon, and it's part of a... What is it? A crossover called Shadow War? Yeah, which is funny, because it's also from DC. Okay, we're like two pages in, and we have okay. one minute left. Okay, so okay. there's Incredible Hulk with dreads. Hulk with yeah. dreads. He's wearing a very beige suit. What's he's, going on? He's also being fought right now by fire hands. He, behind him he's is... He's chilling with Pink Skull, Red Skull's, like, less fortunate brother. Like, I don't know how that's possible, but yeah. Oh, here we go. Another ad for a Batman Judge Dread crossover. Okay, 40, okay, 40 seconds. seconds left. Go, go, okay. go. Uh, there's Jet, green. fire, green. I think the Kryptonite Mountain. Wow, this is Oh, that awful. guy looks like Apocalypse, almost. Is that Nick Fury, but Oh, everybody has hairy? super curly mustaches. Oh, God, why are they all so hairy? Oh, God. Oh, here's a very 90s kid. Is that Superboy? Oh, God. 25 seconds left. Okay. Oh, God. We gotta okay. go. Football ad. Uh, apocalypse monster, but it's not Apocalypse, because DC couldn't actually get the rights for their own character. He's got, like, an Aquaman costume on? What's going on? He has a Fu Manchu mustache also. He really does. Uh, okay, this comic is really bad. Okay. Oh, okay, another ad for combat, but spelled Wait. with an X? What is this? Oh, Pink Skull is now fighting the giant monster. Oh, oh the timer's up. Okay. 
Uh, Owen, what would you rate this comic on a scale of 1 to 10? On a scale of I have not read this to this was the worst experience of my life. Oh, this is, uh, this is the worst experience. But actually, no. This is a solid election day 2016. That was really unfortunate that we had to read that. Okay. okay. If you guys have any suggestions for comics for us to suffer through next week, uh, on our email, we told you it earlier. We'll tell you it again at the end of the podcast. I'll tell you it quick now. InfiniteEarthsPod at gmail.com. Send it to us. Let us know. Make us feel the pain. Of the 90s. Okay, and now is time for Owen's favorite time of the day. The this is our rant, rant are, of the week. We are putting a timer on this one, so it does not go over time. So, this is where I'm just going to complain about a comic or a movie or something that really bugged me. And this week, it is DC's The Button. Okay. Now, this was the predecessor to Doomsday Clock, and it was following up Rebirth. Now, the first issue is really great. It starts off with... The Flash and Batman investigating the button. It's the button from Watchmen, the one that everybody knows. And it's all in a Watchmen format. Yes. So it's amazing. The first issue is so good. The reverse Flash returns, and he beats up Batman. There's an amazing fight scene. It's incredible. I love this first issue. And so, at the end, the reverse Flash... The sound you're hearing in the background is the lenticular covers. Yes, these covers are all lenticular rubbing against each other. This is... This This is music to my ears. Okay. So... The first issue is amazing. At the end of the issue, Reverse Flash destroys Batman. Batman is just, like, laying on the ground, and he teleports away just somehow for some unknown reason. And then he comes back, all, like, half-burnt, and he just says, I saw God. And then, well, this is presumably Dr. Manhattan, because this is what the whole Rebirth storyline is about. And so it's so good, it ends on this cliffhanger where Flash returns to the Batcave to find a mangled and destroyed Batman and a dead Reverse Flash. And there's no button left. There's no button. So, second issue. It picks up right where this left off. Now. Good comic again. They again, get on the cosmic treadmill and they're yep. like, oh boy, let's go follow after that guy. Overall, second, second issue is very good as well. It's not as good as the first issue, but still great. Plus, it's now, done by the Flash writers, who yes. we all know are really good at what they do. Now, towards the end of the comic, they get on the cosmic treadmill, and they're going to go try to find whatever killed Reverse Flash. And so, Bad they idea. get thrown off in the Speed Force, and they end up in a bat cave, one that Batman doesn't recognize, but then he turns around and he sees Thomas Wayne Batman from what? Flashpoint. This is a beloved character. And then the comic ends. And so you think, wow, how can issue three even top this? Spoiler, it cannot. Issue three goes immediately downhill. This is where it all goes off the rails, and I so, am just hating this. Thomas Wayne is standing there, first Wayne. You're thinking, oh my god, touching thing. They're gonna like hug it out and it's gonna be wonderful. No, it's I not. They hate each other. sat there for four weeks because that's how long it took for the comic to come out. I was like, oh my god, all I want for that comic is for those to sit there and hug it out and we're all like it's gonna be good we finally get the issue and what happens thomas wayne tries to kill Mar- um bruce and then here's another thing towards the end of it batman's like hey thomas wayne my dad why don't you come with us we can totally save you and then he's like nope and then guess what he dies so now this is two fan-loved oh. characters from the flashpoint universe that have been brought back and then immediately killed and let it be known he is nothing waiting for him in this in flashpoint universe. nothing it's about to collapse he shouldn't even be alive at this point yet he is because of some rando anomaly that dr manhattan created just to sustain his life now why did he even leave that there in the first place? And secondly, why did they have to bring in um, Thomas Wayne? Is to show Bruce that, hey, you shouldn't try looking for this mystery anymore or I'll kill your dad again. So take count. This is two characters that they have brought back from the previous, like, pre-New 52 universe. And then they have immediately killed them in the same issue. Yep. So then, issue four. How this can it is, get any worse? How can it? Well, let me tell you, it definitely can so, this starts off with Flash and Batman chasing Reverse Flash on the Cosmic Treadmill, because they're finally back on track to finding out who killed him. And then they get to this weird platform, and they watch him die. They still don't know who killed him, though. And then they fall off of the Cosmic Treadmill, and they're lost in the Speed Force until Jay Garrick saves them. In a blue light. This is a fan-favorite character. Everybody loves Jay Garrick. He is the original Flash. And so he saves them. And now, for anybody that's read Rebirth, you'll remember this scene where Wally West is lost in the Speed Force and he needs somebody to remember him. And then Flash finally does. And it's so touching. I love that moment. This is one of my favorite moments in comics. And it's repeated in this. Jay Garrick says he needs Flash to remember him. 
But here's the thing. Flash does it, and then Jay Garrick dies. This is the third character that so many people love that they brought back just to kill off. Yep. And then, at the end of the issue, this is the finale of the Button story arc. Batman still knows nothing about the Button. Oh, and he's all sad, and they're like, maybe it shouldn't be Batman anymore, because yeah. he died, died. You could yeah. completely skip reading this yeah. series and oh. go straight to Doomsday Clock without even, like, oh. you, you wouldn't miss anything. Also, talking about retcons right here, Batman becomes Batman because his dad dies. And now, his dad dies again. He's like, hmm, my dad said something about how being Batman wasn't another good of an idea. I should stop being Batman because my kind of deranged dad who kills people for fun on weekends because I died in an alleyway is now dead. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing. When Rebirth came out, they explained nothing about this storyline for so long. You had to wait months for this button story arc to come out, and you finally thought, oh my god, they're finally going to like resolve all of the cliffhangers that they started in Rebirth. Not to mention they the didn't. fact that if you wanted to get an issue of this, you would like basically stand in line to get into a comic store and then almost get shivved by 60-year-old men who have ponytails and neckbeards. Sorry, that's you. Uh, and guess what? They were like... Oh my god, I need that comic for my collection. I don't even like Flash or Batman or Watchmen or anything. I just need it for my collection. And you almost get shivved over these comics. And you're like, oh my god, this comic better be worth it. It has a lenticular cover. It looks pretty cool, except for issue three. Uh, and guess what? Issue three has a very inaccurate cover. Martha Wayne did not die in Flashpoint. Yeah, and you almost get shivved for these comics. I cannot emphasize that enough. These comics were dangerously flying off the shelf. Exactly. So, after you read Rebirth, you think Rebirth is an excellent comic, and you can't wait to re keep reading it. So then you wait months, and you buy the whole Button story arc, and you learn nothing. And then you have to wait even longer for Doomsday Clock. Oh yeah, the Doomsday Clock promo at the end. It made me go, oh, cool, Watchmen. And then it made me go, ah, oh, crap, I have to wait till November for this. And exactly. yes, yes, so far, issue one of Doomsday Clock Doomsday is Clock very is good. worth the wait. But Please the Button definitely it. wasn't. Yep. Oh, yeah. Also, another thing. Cover price for these comics was... What was it again? Uh, let's see. $3.99. Okay. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I thought it was like a $6.99 comic. Either way, not worth $3.99. There's like 20 pages in there. Half of it's ads. It really is. So, that about wraps up the rant. Anything else? Don't read the button. Uh, Don't read the button. Don't read read the Doomsday button. Clock. Read Rebirth. You can skip the button. Oh, uh, now here's our question to the writers and comic companies. Uh, Why the button? Why the button? Please. Why'd you do this to us? You brought in false hope and then smashed it immediately afterwards. Do you know what this does to comic nerds? We're the kind of guys who get thrown to dumpsters and smashed in lockers. That's never happened. That's, it it you, never happened. You're bringing stereotypes upon ourselves. Uh, yeah, we never heard that happen. Yeah, we actually have a fairly large friend group at our school. It's yeah, no, we're, cool. we're doing pretty good. No, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we're nerds, but, like, you know, yeah, at least we're accepted. We'll see how it goes after this podcast comes up. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. You guys um, are on podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. Right, um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, oh, also, so, why Marvel Legacy? Yeah, don't do, don't do Marvel Legacy. Well, why? I mean, okay, you guys actually fixed your universe when you rebooted it. Sorry that some rando comic... Which, what's, remember, the 90s were the worst time ever for Marvel, they except really for were. maybe the X-Men, but even the X-Men had a really bad time in the 90s. Well, that's because Superman's like shield was a freaking hologram. And, oh, sorry, Bat did I say Superman? You oh, God. Superman. I meant to say Captain America. Sorry, Well, guys. if you're talking about Superman Red and Blue. Oh, yeah, Superman Red and Blue, Superman with a mullet. What the heck is Rise of the Superman? Okay. okay, hey, that's guys. That's a disaster of a series. Hey, you know what we should do? Make a comic that's going to be one of the best-known comics ever. You think of Superman? This comic is synonymous with the name. We're going to release it. It's going to go gangbusters. What's it called? Death of Superman. What? You're killing Superman? Yes, we are. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Comics can come we're, out? We're going to replace him with four horrible Supermen. Superboy. Steel. Who we just called Man of Steel at this point, not Steel. Cause... To confuse readers. Yep. Oh, yeah, he wasn't even new. Uh, the uh, oh. son, for, la, son of Krypton, which yep. you're supposed to think was Superman, but apparently wasn't. It's just like a robot or something. Yeah, oh yeah, and then there's the Man of Tomorrow, which is literally a robot. He's just Cyborg Superman. Yep. Basically, don't read that. If you think that, oh, Death of Superman was a good comic... 
No. Don't, and don't you're like, you know what I should read? Rise of the Superman. No. That, that's like reading Nightfall and then going into Night Quest. <laughs> oh, God. That bad? Yeah. Okay. So I think that about wraps up our rant. Um, okay. As of our next episode, we're going to start a mail segment. If you want to send us mail, we will read it out on the podcast, answer questions. Just we're... Very open to suggestions. You can even ask ask us what our favorite flavor of LaCroix is or what color socks we're currently wearing. Yep. I'm ask us socks anything. With squids on them. Full on bully us in the comments section if you really want to. I mean, we might not pull it, put it on air, but if it's funny enough, we will. Yeah. And this is our first episode. We really don't know what we're doing. So if you have any suggestions or anything, send them to us. We We really want your criticism on this. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, at podcast underscore on underscore ie uh yeah and our email is once again infinite earths pod at gmail.com all lowercase um no spaces we'll yep. put all of this in the podcast description too also, so um, you'll be able to find this we're also easily. looking at starting a website next steps in the podcast we'll give you guys the website It'll probably be like a blog spot or a uh, WordPress. Mm-hmm. Nothing and crazy. And, of course, I mentioned that we are going to try to start a Patreon because we would love donations. We're also going to get some t-shirts made with our logo. And we're thinking about doing some incentives and stuff for donations. So maybe if you make a good donation, we'll send you a free t-shirt. And even if our podcast is bad, our logo is pretty cool. We have a rad logo. Like, yeah. I just made, like, a random sketch after we came up with our name, sent it to Ethan. He made this amazing digital rendering of it it it's a great logo yeah we're bragging cool. a lot about our logo but look at it it's our, our logo is cool there's this little black line that goes around this little white line at one point that took me an hour to do because i kept messing it up yeah i drank too much coffee that, that day my hand's a little shaky all right okay so that basically wraps up our podcast uh final goodbyes uh see you guys sometime soon Yep. Actually, I won't see you. you. In fact, I won't even hear you. Yeah, yeah. Read some comics, eat some sandwiches. Yeah. Cool. Hope you had some laughs. Hope you had some entertainment. Hope you weren't doing anything weird while you were listening to this podcast. Um, or if you were, I, I hope you don't tell us about it. Edit that out. <laughs>